Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Young, Scrappy, and Hungry with Kevin and Anthony here. Hello. We're going to talk about what happens during YC、mm-hmm. after our previous episode where we told you guys about what happened prior to that,、yeah. leading up to that moment, our naive days, and you know, our sins when we were young. Yeah, while、well, we were still chasing、um, hype cycles, talking about crypto, talking about how we, you know, our early days of、um, getting into the industry, right? Yes, sir. Trying things out, seeing what fails, I guess.、Yeah. So, when did we start applying to YC or got into YC? It was around 2019. It was 2019. 2019, yeah, 2019. After summer, right? After summer. So, so we, we spoke to a lot of people about it.、Mm-hmm. I mean, we tried getting to it, so we spoke、mm-hmm. to a lot of our previous batches. We spoke to a lot of founders asking、mm-hmm. for advice in general.、Mm-hmm. And, and at that point, our idea, we already pivoted from、um, crypto, crypto exchange. exchange. Like、yeah. it was like early 2019, and we were trying out something new, but it was still in the fintech space. You want to talk、yeah. more about that? Sure. Yeah, we pivoted a little bit, a little bit. It's still in trading. We wanted to build Robinhood for Indonesia. We thought it was a brilliant, brilliant idea. I mean, it's not. As bad as crypto exchange, right? Of, co- of course. Like, like, it was more clear. There, there were you know, APIs that we、mm-hmm. can use. We didn't have to build from scratch. It's essentially like just you know, making a nice UI,、mm-hmm. slapping, you know, being in, in a different country, right? Serving to different people. And we called it, I guess, Robinhood for Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the time, you know, we were basically just a front end wrapper.、Um, it was a lot easier to build. And、uh, we, We trusted ourselves a lot more because、mm-hmm. uh, we handed over the, the trading、uh, mechanisms、uh, all to a broker dealer here in the US.、Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think. And it was like much more financially regulated,、mm. it was much, much safer. Yeah, yeah. And、yeah. then I think for us, we,、uh, we applied. It took a long time for us to, to submit our application. I think we applied the night before the deadline. Really? Yeah, it was. Wow. It's quite crazy. I, I, I checked our, our YouTube video, it was uploaded exactly the night before the deadline. You know, like, that was pretty crazy. But I, I think we worked on the application quite, quite some time before、mm-hmm. that deadline. We just weren't sure. You know, we thought there was this magical moment kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, like,、uh, we did see other people doing similar things within our age group. Whether it was Robin Hood for India, Robin Hood for Southeast Asia, you know, it was,、uh, fintech was also、uh, pretty up there back then. You know, people thought that, you know, another hype cycle. But, yeah, another <laughs> hype cycle, but it was、uh, a little bit more chill compared to crypto. Yeah, and then I still remember, man, after we applied, we really didn't think that much about it. We hoped a lot that we would have gone in, but. Um, you know, we were somewhat realistic as well、um, behind the scenes. And I still remember that day when we got the email to interview. It was really crazy. Even, I mean, though, like, even though we still had an interview, right? Yeah, we, we thought it was like, oh, it's a stepping stone, though. Like,、yeah. It's getting somewhere. And I still remember those days. We,、uh, we basically tried to prepare for the interview, do mock interviews with a bunch of. Um, alumni from YC, and we just did it every day, man, morning to nighttime. We really wanted to get in. It was, it was fun times. It was, it was, it was crazy, but it was yeah, it was like、times. a different time when, like, I guess we all were, you know, we, we didn't have much to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it is all in our、exactly. mind. Yeah. 
And come interview day, um, I think we specifically picked a dated time, which was the last for that week. Wow. And um, yeah, we just basically wanted to know the results immediately after the interview. Right, we right. didn't get in, didn't get in. If we got in, we would have been. We didn't have to wait until the like, end like, of the day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, if you it was the it was if it was the worst day of your life, you wanted to be over quick. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. if it was the best day, then you know it's pretty exactly. good too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We went into the interview. Um, people keep saying that you know YC interviews usually last about ten minutes. Ours was less than that, um, because YC admitted the exact same company in the previous patch, yeah. and yeah, I guess they you know the the partners who interview us probably already know what we're trying to do what we're trying to solve for i mean i mean the business model is pretty clear yeah. you know charging off trades you know commissions yeah. order flows and interest. they didn't ask us a lot of the template questions like oh how big is the market size yeah. obviously they already know and it's pretty um, big <laughs> it's not bad. yeah it was fun um we did the interview less than 10 minutes went out um and i think I remember after that interview, we, we went to the Geo Market uh, somewhere near Mountain View. So specific. View. Yeah, we were shopping for food because we hadn't eaten um, yeah, the that entire day. day right? Yeah, the entire day. And uh, when we were about to check out, I still remember um, I got a call phone call. From Gustav? Uh, it was from an unknown number, actually. Uh, but then I picked it up. And it was uh, Gustav. I, I, had a, I had a gut feeling. We were like, we got a call. We got a call. So we we're like, it was like a spam call from yeah, like well, some yeah, <laughs> credit like, card company. We knew, we knew. <laughs> um, but you know, we we just couldn't hide how happy we were. We tried so hard to be composed. When I picked up the call, it was Gustav of the other end um, asked us if we wanted to join YC. Yeah. And I, we tried to be cool, and we just said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know. Uh, we said yes. Uh, we had to immediately go back. Yeah, because that was the day when that was the day when, when they welcomed. Uh, oh, welcome! Everyone, yeah, right? it was a welcoming day. Yeah, it was a which, welcoming day. Um, they, you know, everyone who were accepted from that first week, first batch of interviews, um, had to come. Was um, it like the first YC, uh, YC dinner, or like was it was it even a dinner? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I think it was. I don't think there was dinner. I think I it was see. just introducing us to, to each other who our partners were mm-hmm. um, and it was it was a really surreal kind of experience when you get in and you sit at YC's office you look left and right you see all these ambitious people you're like man where are we I was just you know it, it was it was a crazy moment for, yeah, for I mean, me and for it was a completely different like planet right we were talking to um, you know, you know, prominent VCs from Indonesia, uh, but we we had never experienced this sort of like community. Yeah, and I still remember to this day, Jock Ralston was the guy who opened that welcoming day, mm-hmm. and he told us, "Look to your left, look to your right. One of those guys will be a billionaire in a couple of years." And I was just like astounded. I was like, "Wow, it is gonna become true." And you know. Um, we started the batch. We were assigned our group partners. Um, I think at the time we got Michael Seibel. No, Dor- wait, wait. Oh, I thought we got Gustav first, right? Yeah, and but there was then, a conflict of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Then we were passed on to Michael Seibel, Adora Chung, um, Tracy Young, mm-hmm. and who's the other guy? Um, Aaron, Epstein. Aaron Epstein. Aaron Epstein. Aaron Epstein. Love that guy. And Kevin Lin from, from Twitch. Um, yeah, they were really great partners. Uh, 
we went home after the welcoming and we still couldn't believe that we got in. Um, it was it was crazy. We went back home, slept. The morning we woke up, we still couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was just wild. And we got in wanting to build Robinhood for Indonesia. Right? So immediately the next week, uh, I bought a ticket back home, um, whereas the, the rest stayed um, to do YC. Uh, I went back home to, to with, set up. Was it with Albert? Initially, I was alone. Albert came a bit later. I see. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like crazy times, man. Um, went back home, tried to set up everything, um, tried to get the licenses, mm-hmm. the regulations right, and whatnot. Talked to all the people in the space, uh, specifically in, in finance. And yeah, I basically just got a hold of, of a lot of broker-dealers back in Indonesia. And what we learned was that it's probably not worth it to start something like Robinhood for Indonesia. And the reason being is because you know, the GDP per capita just isn't at a level in which people are thinking about investing, number one, uh, from the macro level. And number two, there just wasn't a clear path for us to make enough money. So we would have had to raise, you know, maybe for like the next five to seven years to wait it out mm-hmm. so that people are ready to invest and I mean, even in hindsight, uh, these days, I wouldn't be so sure that it's a good market to get into even now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's been like, what, like three, four years? I don't know. Three, yeah, it's been, it's, been, it's been four years. Four years? Think, now. Yeah. yeah, so not much has changed. Not much I would has say. changed. Yeah, and when we were there, we decided that, you know, regulation-wise, wasn't going to cut it um, economically and wasn't gonna cut it and like we were doing something that is um pretty new uh trying to bring u.s stocks to indonesia and the regulation was was really 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 sparse and not clear Mm. it it wasn't illegal but uh it was not something in the interests of the indonesian people yes it was it was hard at the time because we've always wanted you know as a startup as a small company to move fast and break things and unfortunately we were in the very wrong industry especially in fintech you can't move fast and break things you sort of have to follow the rules Mm -hmm. and so yeah we decided to you know maybe we should try something else Uh, maybe this wasn't for us because we would have had to raise a ton of money to buy an indonesian broker Mm -hmm. dealer license and all that would have costed us like more than six million dollars during the yc batch Right. Mm. Yeah, it was and during the first month or so. I see, and then YC was three months. So, mm. in the middle of the batch, I guess we were searching. We were not searching, but we were looking at products, and and we found sort of new products that we were interested in, and we thought that could apply to our social like like needs. Um, and one of them was uh, you know, authentication. Yeah, yeah. So uh, authentication itself. Uh, when we were building out um, our trading app that Robin did for Indonesia, we yeah, realized there was no that password, right? Like yeah, yeah that the author was very thing. different. We initially started with, you know, signing with Google, all those email providers. But then, mm-hmm. you know, in developing countries, people don't really use emails. Yeah, they use uh, mobile phones, right? They use mobile phones. And when we realized that, we were like, okay, maybe there's something for us to do here. Um, let's try to do auth then. Uh, when we were building out, when we were building out the app, uh, a couple of other trading apps uh, locally in Indonesia were interested in how we were doing off. We were doing things with, you know, those 
public key infrastructure, um, authentication, um, everything passwordless. Uh, we actually uh, got our first client because, uh, or, or B2B sales deal because uh, another trading app looked at our app and they were like, how did you guys do this auth thing? <laughs> so we were like, okay, um, you guys want to pay for this? And they said, yes. And when we got our first B2B deal that way, we, we got really excited. I'm like, okay, if, if, if they want to pay for this and, and other apps in the region are also using passwordless and you know, they told us it was really, really expensive to keep sending one-time passwords over SMS, mm-hmm. like, why not? Why not try it? And so I went back to the US and basically kickstarted things that apparently it's a problem here in the US as well. Uh, if you're a younger audience or even an older one, that that never touched email you probably would do authentication the same way and you know we saw companies remember like fast remember um other passwordless companies were popping up those days and another hype cycle (laughs) uh and so yeah we 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 did this um passwordless authentication product and we called it cotter um ran it for like about 11 months um and you know, a couple of lessons we learned. Um, you know, running a B two B enterprise software, it really isn't about the product, is it? Really, is about the tech. It was mainly about the relationships. Like, and you know, we we just couldn't do sales, man. For the first eleven months, it was hard. We we got we got the ball rolling with a couple of B two B deals, a couple of YC companies using us. Um, but to continue from that but was I mean, yeah. really hard. I mean, the volume was so small. Yeah, we we really tried, but then we understood that selling to these Fortune five hundred companies, you know, you gotta be X something, right? You did yeah. sales at Salesforce, or, or at least like your experience level has to be far beyond what we had at that moment. Yeah, you had to be really connected. Um, yeah, connected, and you know, just have a lot of relationships with people who can buy in a position to buy in those fortune 500 companies if you don't have those people it's going to be really really tough mm-hmm. so yeah we learned that lesson learned it the hard way uh, moved on tried to target devs <laughs> developers <laughs> am i right yeah so yeah, yeah that was that was weird <laughs> <laughs> we tried targeting developers because it was like it was like pretty pretty wrong right like, it was pretty wrong and yeah, building wrong. building a product for developers um, you know as we know from our experience, they don't really like to pay for stuff. Yeah, I mean the the people who were would are the people who were developing for don't want to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the people the, like who want to pay, who want to be to be people, well, they're not developers and they don't understand what we're doing. Exactly. And for these developers, they've always had the option to just choose an open source uh, yeah. version of whatever. There's like we're like a million out there. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a tough one. Um, then we tried moving on to somewhat building an authentication uh, for you know different no-code tools out there. Mm-hmm. Um, built a bunch of website builder plugins for Auth. Um, it was it was a good run. Um, we started getting um, revenue that way. Charge her product for a significantly lower price, and yeah, it was a good run. For, for 11 months, you know, lessons learned. Um, just just a voice memo for Kevin to remember when he's older. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lessons learned about building a, a, a B2B SaaS product, um, it's it's not that easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Most 
uh, founders, you know, if, if you're early on and this is probably your first rodeo into the uh, tech world, it's, it's really not about the product or, or, or the tech that you can build. It starts with a relationship first and then it's going to be the product and the tech. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can think of it like a different way or like you can like raise enough money to hire the salespeople. Mm. But I guess we weren't at stage either. Yeah, we weren't. Um, I mean, you have to be really convinced, right? You have to be really convinced that you're going to reach product market fit. Yeah. Because those salespeople are not very cheap and you don't know when your return on investment is going to come. Exactly. So yeah, I guess lesson learned, guys, uh, that we just wanted to share uh, with other founders is that startups are hard. <laughs> we try to consumer product, hard to make money. Mm-hmm. We try to B2B SaaS product, hard to sell. Um, and yeah, I guess on the next episode, we'll tell you more about how we finally moved on to Type Dream and how it got us to, to this point in which, you know, uh, we've experienced the growth that we've never had before. We've experienced the love that we've never had before for our product. And yeah, I guess that's for the next one. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, Kevin's kids. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, see you guys. Bye-bye.